0: Hockey. Yeah, yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Uh, you know, we're having ongoing discussions. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have some discussions with Kirill's, uh, with Kirill's camp coming up soon uh, that I'm looking forward to. I, I, I know we'll get a deal done with both of these guys. Uh, everybody's on their own time frame. Every player's looking for something different. Important, You know, different things are important to different players, so... Um, you know they move at different speeds, so we're we're in a good spot with Kirill, I think we're in a good spot with Kevin. We'll we'll get these things done, and uh, you know hopefully sooner than later.
1: And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. Yes, we're alive and well for all of you mm-hmm. who are expressing concern about the fact we didn't do a, a draft day show from the past weekend. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get into that.
2: And and, and by we'll the way, summarize that. By way. the way, yeah, what's up? I respect, and, and th- this goes with NFL Draft Twitter. You make a case with NBA, and I don't. Pre- I'm not even going to pretend there's people that know the MLB draft that aren't like legitimate scouts. But drafting, like looking at all those hockey prospects, like I love World Juniors and I love college hockey. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of my time like evaluating and try to pretend like how that guy fits into a like into this team long term.
1: Well, I think if you have a top ten pick, you do. For sure. But the Wild didn't have a top ten pick, and so there wasn't. Yeah, I mean, by the time you get to fifteen or so, unless you are a draft nick in in your particular sport, then yeah, you're not going to know. Uh, the good news was, I'll, I'll just start off by saying this: the good news was Bill Guerin had seven draft picks, which yes. is something Chuck Fletcher didn't. Use and that to do. is great. Yes, uh, and it's a good idea to build the. Foundation of your franchise is the draft. It's not free agency. It's not getting cute. It is being good at selecting players. And the Wild selected players. Now, if those players are good or not, we won't know for a few years to come. But um, that was nice to see them with a slew, at least. Or mm-hmm. I, I think they they had they had what was it, Dex? They had four picks in the first three rounds going uh, in.
2: Yeah, I think I think five, five, five it, five, picks four last year in the top. 90 picks of this year's draft yep. and there was drafts under Fletcher where they had what one or two picks yep. I, I, and, and I'm so froze, perplexed. I froze. You have so.
1: frozen. Now you've just, you're just completely frozen. I'm sure we'll get you back in here. So the, to continue on the, the big news that we want to talk about is not the draft. We'll get to that. The big news is the fact that NHL free agency starts tomorrow. We're recording this on Tuesday. Free agency is going to start, um, I believe 11 a.m. Central noon, if I'm not mistaken, Um, Eastern time tomorrow and the Wild the Wild's an interesting predicament, Declan Goff because for 2021-22, they have, I think approximately with Carson Susie being gone, like $29 million in cap room to spend. Which is a lot. Oh my God, they're rich, they can spend, 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 but the problem is because of the Prezi and Suter buyouts, the cap number, which is expected to remain flat for coming seasons because of the pandemic, the cap Number for the wild is going to come crashing down because those buyouts are going to count more and more against the cap uh, starting next year, not this coming season. So that being said, I think what we're looking at here mm-hmm. is I think we're looking at the wild being aggressive in free agency, but instead of trying to sign guys to multi-year contracts, Dex, What we are probably going to see is is the wild try and sign guys to short term one year contracts, pay them, you know, decently for 2021, 22, uh, but then not have to be burdened with having them signed after that. Let's start with two names here. okay? Uh, because these are two guys who the wild has been tied to in various reports so far. And I could see both of them happening unless they get blown away by somebody else. And I don't know that they will. Alex Goligoski, the former golfer, who is a veteran, well-traveled, was, I believe, last with the Arizona Coyotes, Correct. would like to come home. He would have to take a discount to come home, but there's always that possibility. And Nick Folino, who was a longtime captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets, was traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs for the end of last season and is now on the market, another veteran, who would be paired with his brother Marcus Felino, and there's been reports, including from friend of the show, as you call him, Michael Russo, that Nick Felino could be signing here. Not big splash signings, but well known names, and the Wild certainly needs help on defense when it comes to Galagoski.
2: What do those two possibilities do for you? Uh, let's start with Galagoski, because actually I think this one's easy to obtain. Um he still played twenty plus minutes a night in Arizona. That that Coyotes team's not as good. Um, he's not the player he was in Pittsburgh. He's not the player he was in Dallas uh, when he was still scoring a lot of goals. But he's someone that can eat minutes. He's someone that can play on a power play unit. The guy has almost 50 power play points in his career. So you can slot him in. And I think he would be the if-do-de-facto like suitor replacement from a minute standpoint. I want to make that clear. From a minute standpoint. Because he's probably still going to play about 20 minutes a night. He played 23 last year. I bet that comes down a little bit. I don't see him playing 23 minutes. I, I'm assuming that he was pl- probably playing top pairing minutes in Arizona. You know, there, there could you could make maybe a scenario that he does still end up being paired on a top unit in Minnesota. Um, but actually I think that one's pretty achievable for them to get on a one or two year deal at about, you know, somewhere in the two to $4 million range. If you know, he is older, he's going to be, he's 35 years old. He's uh, going to turn 36 here in just a couple of days. So He's at the end of his career. He probably would like um, maybe to get another cup. He did win one, I believe, in Pittsburgh as rookie year after leaving the U. So he's definitely someone I think that is very obtainable, and it would make a lot of sense for the Wild. He's, he's, again, he's I don't think he's the offensive player that he once was, but he's still got a little something in the tank. He's a minutes eater, and I think he knows his role. So I, I do think actually that one makes a lot of sense. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't um, stop the presses and it doesn't make you jump for joy. Oh my God, they got Alex Galagoski, but I do think it fills an immediate need and it's achievable need. Okay. Uh, with Nick, with Nick Foligno, it's tricky with him. I, um, You know, our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson was on with us in a scoop session uh, earlier on Tuesday afternoon and he also said that Marcus is uh, pushing him hard for his brother Nick Foligno, uh, to come on the Minnesota Wild this year. You know, <sighs> I would like him. I want him under the right terms. Sure. Uh if he if again, similar to Galigoski, if if Nick Felino wants to chase a cup and Colorado says, Hey, you know what? Here's a one year deal and you can be, you know, our third or fourth kind of bottom pairing guy here, it could make a lot of sense for him to go there. My issue is is I, I, I know this guy's a captain and I know he probably would do a lot in the room. I just don't want to fall on the comfortable scale, right? And I don't think Nick is someone. Yeah, I don't, who, think, I don't think the Felino family. I should say, even yeah, Nick. I agree with you. Um, I don't think the Felino family is someone who are guys who get comfortable. They're they're ball busters and they're going to hold people accountable and mm-hmm. and they know what they want. I, projecting his contract for me, Judd is is it's difficult. Um, he would probably would want at least a floor of four million per, and that's the problem. Do you want to give him if you can get him for three years and under and in that you know four to five range? I'm probably all right with it, but I would hope that's not the only move they would make for a forward. That's where I would go. Well so I'm with you completely on the contract terms.
1: So Nick Felino would have to sign and Goligoski too. They're gonna have to sign what I offer them. So like if they're looking for an, another big contract, you're not doing that. Uh the thing that I could see Felino doing a very effective job here, Nick, not Marcus is I could see him being a very effective Parisi replacement.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, when you look at where Parisi is now skill-wise, right? And, and Nick Felino's play has declined as well. But he's going to be good in the room, and I think he could definitely be a winger, a bottom six wing who could help you a lot. And again, I will stress this. In today's game, four lines is incredibly important. Like, you can't have a throwaway line. You need four lines that play. And so I think Nick Foligno, bottom six wise now, realistically would fit into that, but it all comes back to what he'll take. And if he is going to, A, chase a cup, or B, more importantly, chase a bigger payday, then I'm out. Then I'm out for sure. Um, You brought up a very interesting thing, though, and that's the forwards that they're going to pursue, and that's what they're doing. Um, And... I think people were a little bit surprised. I was I was surprised that their name didn't surface more when it comes to Garen in the Wild during the draft. The one thing I was waiting for, and we saw a bunch of major moves. I was waiting for the Wild to at least be floated as a team that was talking to teams that were making trades, and I was sort of I sort of thought, you know what? It's a possibility that they get a center here. Now the the guy that we've been talking about for I don't know a month or so. Reinhardt was traded from Buffalo to Florida and subsequently his contract because he's a restricted free agent would have been an issue, not for this coming season, but for after that. And so there were things that prohibited the wild from probably getting as involved in that as we initially thought that they would be. But if you've got the clip set up the Elliot Friedman uh, clip that you played on Mackey and Judd before He, he, of course, is one of the great NHL insiders. Uh, from Sportsnet, because this this one still uh, remains all types of interesting to wild fans.
2: Yeah, th- this would be really, really intriguing uh, if you're a member of the if you're a fan of the Minnesota wild, because it, it Friedman is, is not someone who I think, throw, you know, you and I love to directly speculate. I, I said Thomas Hurdle, right? And there was a little bit of maybe steam that he yeah. could be moved from San Jose, which you know that that that's the those are the moments. It wasn't moments, stupid. Judd. Though. It wasn't stupid. Those are the ones where we pat ourselves on the back yeah, and we say, "Hey, absolutely. I actually was onto something yep. there." We're not just clickbait. We're not just talking about things that no one ever ever wants to talk about. So, when Friedman says basically something as prominent as that, you do have to wonder how legitimate this is ac- or how how serious this is actually progressing. Um, you know, when Scott Burnside of the Athletic who did a great piece um was in the was in the draft war room with Bill Guerin, with all the talking heads where's our invite um and and you know Billy's a friend of the show Judd. um you I'm, know what, you know what i you know what i'd rather be i keep banging myself the, the war room would my... be cool cuz honestly just from a reporter's reporting oh, and, and yeah, i bet it would be, be a blast i like i bet it would be just absolutely fun yep. i'd rather be at the bar stools billy and off the record shooting it so then you and i can use that as Mm-hmm. You know, for number one, our egos, and then number two, uh, for fodder on the show. Fair enough. But this is what Elliot Friedman had, uh, had to say on Sportsnet in Calgary when asked about the Jack Eichel market.
0: I think the team that really kind of wants them the most is, uh, is Minnesota. Okay. But it's tricky. You know, um, you know, I, I don't know if you read Scott Burnside's piece on the Athletic today, but it certainly hinted at that. Scott was, uh, was, uh, in with them, I guess, in their, uh, in their draft room. And, um, you know, I, I think that it sounds like they talked about it quite a bit. You know, the problem with Minnesota is they have those big cap hits for, their, for the space for where they bought out Suter and Parise. And, you know, if they wanted to acquire, they, they have the assets to acquire Eichel. They can do it. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is that either Buffalo or someone else would have to take a player or two off their cap so that they could make it work. But, you know, right from the beginning, you know, people have always said to me, you know, the Rangers are an obvious one, Mm -hmm. but people have always said that Minnesota likes it and would love to do it. It's just a really tricky deal.
1: All right. So I told you a couple of weeks ago, I believe it was, that I'm out on this, that I can't give up the assets that it would take because it's going to take guys that are going to be productive players. Um. The cap hits, to me, seem to be excessive. There's questions about Eichel that we don't know. And flat out, most importantly, he's working out right now, but you're still hearing that he's going to need surgery and wants to have it, which means he's going to be out for a decent portion at this rate for sure. Months. Months of a season in which, by the way, you've got a ton of cap room, and and I expect the Wild to be good. So for a variety of reasons, I'm out. That's what I said but it doesn't matter what I say when Friedman's reporting this and we keep hearing this, right? Like, like I'm yet to see that the report that says Dex, the wilds done.
2: Yeah. Um, Anyone by the way. But I
1: mean, I've seen it from, I've seen it from a multitude of teams that have been involved. Uh, The Kings were involved last. I saw they're out the ducks who have some great young talent. They were involved. They're out. So we're hearing about a lot of teams that right, right or not reportedly are out. The wilds, not one of those teams. Um, so while I might be out personally, I think facing the facts is this very much remains a discussion and I don't know if it's the smart move, but it's definitely a move that Bill Guerin seemingly would like to make.
2: Yeah. I, I, I think if Guerin is in on it and Guerin knows character, I think I put, I have put the character issues aside with Heichel. The next scares the hell out of me. Okay. But, but, but. There there was questions and yeah no still I'm be still questions. about that but I but I think Judd if like I'm ranking what I'm concerned with so number one it's just uh, the asking price right mm-hmm. and then his character being second or his his neck being second his character issue now to me is is third third like it, it's it's almost I don't care about that anymore if Garen, if Garen has evaluated and Garen's talked to enough people I trust Garen that that the character issue is taken care of now the neck issue is is honestly the biggest wild card here. No, you, you and I, Billy and myself and, and Wild Brass and actual people, they can come up with, you know, legitimate packages, but the package is always going to be un- interchangeable, right? And especially the longer this lingers, we really don't know what, what the market is going to be for him. The neck is the scariest part, and rightfully so. It's a neck. It's not like he sprained his wrist, mm-hmm. you know, it, right. it, it's not. Or tore his ACL. Or, or even tore muscle. It's, a, it's yeah. a neck. Necks are scary. It's like, it, it, you know, it, I, I understand that. But if Garen has done the vetting and Garen is serious about this i i am i'm all in on it i'm not going to be upset if if they make this move i, I think it would be great for it, it's it's a ballsy trade and it's calculated risk but that that i want that i want i want the calculated risk here i want for 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 this franchise and for a sports team here I want the calculated risk so I say go for it because it because I know in three or four years when we're dealing with these big Caprizia Suter cap hits, then we're going to be limited. So right now it's years one and two to figure it out. And if you do nothing or if you buy time or if you want Rossi and Boldy and they don't mature and hit their ceilings for three or four more years, well, then you're still stuck in the same rut you were if you didn't trade for Eichel. So I think it makes a hell of a lot of sense to just do this trade.
1: The problem is you're flushing this year. That's my problem. If you weren't flushing this year, then I would be with you. I'd say just do it. Like it's, yes, it's risky. The character does concern me. Um, but I mean, I think the the realistic thing is, if this kid is going to have the surgery that it sounds like he wants to have, and again, as we've talked about, a surgery that reportedly no hockey player has had before. Yeah. Um, and you, you said yourself, Declan, months. So. I'm I'm with you completely on the fact that there's there's seemingly limited time to do what the wild wants to do before you're really going to go into a sort of a cap hell. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that you can't be successful, uh, but if you're going to do that, then it's almost more productive to do it with Rossi and Boldy and a supplemental piece. Um, So I am much more I was and am and remain much more intrigued in trying to add somebody who's going to be a good quality center who can play this season. I just think it puts you in a really tough position because if he doesn't play this year, well, now now the cap hits are starting to kick in and hurt and kick your ass, which is just the reality of the situation, good or bad. And now Eichel's still here, but now you can't fill in around him. I I don't know. There's just there's a lot of this that to me, from a timing standpoint, seems to be wrong. And again, if it wasn't the neck, I'm with you completely. Pull the trigger because you've got you've got the window right now. But like, you'd be getting a piece that you can't put in the window essentially with any confidence of production until 2022, 23. Well, and I, th- I think that's my, where I struggle.
2: Yeah, and my comeback to that is well, it, all right. So if it's not Eichel, like it's Nick Felino and maybe this Pious suitor kid who got didn't get tendered by Chicago, like you, I don't think you can afford to go into this season running it back. With Nick Felino as your only center addition, and who oh who no, not really even I a true center. Play.
1: No, no, I think that they will make a. I I think the I think if the Eichel thing dries up, um, and it might not like they might trade for him, but if the Eichel thing doesn't happen, I'm convinced they will make another trade for a center who can be productive. You're not you're not going to get an Eichel talent, but the problem is if you get Jack Eichel for this coming season, you're probably not going to have him, or at least the the player that we know for the majority of this year. That's the problem. But I do think that they will make a trade. I, I do not think they will stand Pat and be like, well, we got Felino and we'll just put him at center. That's not an option.
2: Yeah. Th- that's he's what, a definitely an option to play on this team, but not as that. And, and that's what I wonder too. If free starts tomorrow, does does the bidding, does the does the asking price from Buffalo start to drop more?
1: That's a good question. Yeah. And, I mean, like, and th- that's a great question. I,
2: I feel like, I that's do really feel great. like in the next 24 hours, we're really going to know if he's like, it's going to say a lot if he's okay. going to get moved in between now and the start of NHL free agency on Wednesday, July twenty eighth at I believe twelve p.m. Central our time.
1: It's it's Pewe Suter. I looked yes. it up today. Pewe Suter of the Blackhawks, who they surprisingly did not tender, who's a nice little player. Um, but yeah, I, and we should know it, it'll be it will also be intriguing with the salary cap of so many teams being impacted by the flat market or by the flat cap. It's going to be really interesting to see who gets paid tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, because we always ordinarily have money thrown around by some teams like they're drunken sailors, but I don't know that's going to be possible across it. It might be possible for some teams. In fact, it will be, I don't know what's going to be possible for as many teams as ordinarily do it. And I mean, we have seen some bizarre contracts given out in the past, uh, which is crippled teams, Mm -hmm. crippled teams we've seen before. (laughs) So anyway, that's going to be an intriguing thing. Uh, Among, the trades, but before we get to the wild draft to wrap things up, among the trades that we have seen, you came across an interesting one today. Mark Andre Fleury, basically given to Chicago for a prospect because the Golden Knights were desperate to uh, clear cap room. Leonard stays. He got paid last off season, and the weird thing is, Fleury's the one then who had the great short yeah. pandemic shortened season. <laughs> he won the Vesna. Yeah, he won the Vesna. He was outstanding. And then it sounds like he learned of being traded to the Blackhawks via Twitter. And if you recall, you know, it broke down and he's a class act. It broke down between Fleury and the Golden Knights a year ago as well when Leonard took over for him in the playoffs in the bubble. Mm. And Fleury was basically benched and we all thought he was done then. Um, It's going to be interesting to see if he indeed plays, though, because I will say this. If he can come back at a semblance of the guy that he was this past season, Chicago Blackhawks. Are going to be far improved in goal, which is, and we are talking about the central division all being put back together. Yep. So, so the wild will be impacted potentially by that move.
2: Yeah, it, I I feel bad for Flurry. Oh um, yeah, it's a crappy thing they did to him. It, and and you know what, I feel bad for Flurry, but I applaud Vegas for being also ruthless at the same time. I do applaud Vegas. Why from, would you call the guy? From, 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 yeah, no, no, that part they screwed That's up. Classless. No, they 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 screwed that part up. But I do applaud them for realizing that, hey, he's for whatever reason propped up his value. Let's let's bail now. We're spending, you know, thirteen million dollars of our salary cap to two goalies. That's that's dumb. The Wild are spending four million dollars to Cam Talbot and Kapo Kakanin and it's a bargain compared to that. Um I applaud Vegas for saying, you know what, even though you were our first pick and you can make a case he's the heart and soul of the Vegas Golden Knights, we're going to capitalize and trade you now. Now, they literally said just take him off our hands. Here's this like I don't, that prospect that Chicago gave back. I don't think is anything. I don't think it's anything of substantial. It was just they literally just a the whole throw contract. In. They took the whole contract to yeah. say take it on and now Fleury basically is contemplating if he even wants to do this. And Marc-André Fleury and we were talking about in in the playoff series against the Vegas Golden Knights. I think he's one of the most misunderstood goaltenders of all time i mean he's won three stanley cups um he's he's i believe leave th- top three all time in, in shutouts and wins you know he's he's quietly one of the most productive goaltenders that's ever played and we don't talk to talk about him in the same vein as a bro door or a Hashik or a wah because you know he, he wasn't the longevity maybe wasn't there but when times matter the most there was a there was a time where he was he was the guy so i if he went to chicago yeah, it makes Chicago better because their goaltending would improve. But and Taze and Kane are still good. They're not the players they were when they're giving wild fits six, seven years ago.
1: Taze is un- unknown at this point too, yep. coming off his COVID. I battle, like. We think.
2: I like Kirby Doc a lot. Um, yeah. You know, I, I know Strom could be possibly trade bait. You know, I they they what they gave up on Duck and Keith, and they're not the team that they were. They don't scare me in the division if they got Mark Andre Fleury and he indeed plays. They're obviously better. But they're not a team that I would be too concerned with the fire of the wild, even after what Flurry did to Minnesota in the playoff series.
1: Keep in mind, though, Chicago did get Seth Jones from Columbus as well, and then and then signed him to a well. massive contract. But Seth Jones is a nice player. I, I think the Blackhawks are going to be definitely improved. I think the division is going to be pretty good. I, I mean, it, it was previously before, but there's been lots of moves made in that division that I think is going to improve teams. I still expect the wild to be very competitive.
0: The Meadows at Mystic Lake is hosting the 2021 Land of Lakes Legends Classic August 6th and 7th. See some of the greatest names in the history of women's golf as they compete in the inaugural Land of Lakes Legends Classic presented by the Meadows at Mystic Lake. The Legends of the LPGA Tour is known for its fan-friendly environment with lots of opportunities for autographs, limited roping, and photo ops after the rounds. To learn more about the August 6th and 7th event, stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated by the Shakopee and Sioux community. Uh
1: let's get let's wrap things up with a draft here, okay? All right folks, we're getting to the draft. We're <laughs> finally going to do it. We're finally going to delve into the draft. 7 picks over 6 rounds by the Wild because they traded away their 7th round pick. Uh they start the draft. Factoid I looked up on Friday night at the Twins game by the way. Mm-hmm. They start the draft by taking Jesper Wallstedt, a goaltender. They traded up and took him with the 20th pick. He's from Sweden. He's six foot three, two 214 pounds, and here's the fact. He is the first goaltender to be drafted by a Minnesota-based NHL team ever. The Minnesota North Stars drafted from 67 to 92, never took a goalie first round. You're now saying, what about Don Beaupre? Beaupre was a second-round pick. Uh, the Wild, starting in 2000, have never drafted a goaltender in the first round either, so this kid becomes the first goaltender to be taken in the first round.
2: Yeah, and honestly, he fell. You know, a lot of a lot of the rankings that I, I did do in the mini research is me putting on my, you know, Adam Schefter NHL uh, a draft scout hat, if you will. Um, he was a, a top 10 guy from a prospect side. Now, goalies are, are difficult to project because it's one thing in Hockey Judd when, you know, unless you're a top pick, it's very likely that, you know, Ninety-eight percent of these players drafted aren't going to be playing the, in the NHL or making a significant impact. I should say for at least three to five years at somewhere to the baseball draft. And goalies are even more tricky because um, they can just take a long time to marinate. Look at Darcy Kemper. Look how long it took for him for him to hit a stride in his NHL career. Yep. Um, now, with this kid being a first-round pick, being eighteen years old, you know I, I would assume that he's not going to be here for at least three years it, it, at the very minimum. But it's a goalie prospect. Spencer Knight stepped in for Florida, played pretty well. So you never really know what can happen. Um, but I, I, I do think it was a decent move if they weren't going to trade those picks for Jack Eichel. That they took something of need. They took a position of need. If Kapo Kojonen isn't, you know, Cam Talbot's got a shelf life on him. So that's the more important th- one. Y- you, I, I think Cam
1: Talbot's the more important one. You, you You're need
2: right. to be aware that drafting in position of need versus best player available, you sometimes have to, again, kind of like analytics versus eye test. You have to marry the two. You have to figure out which one you want the most. And I think taking a goalie in the first round was was the right pick.
1: Yeah. I think what, what I think what this does is, is because you now have some depth and goal with your franchise, I think this puts you in a position to possibly trade a goaltender in a future deal. Yep. Or what you just said, which is you create a cushion because Cam Talbot's probably going to be gone after this contract. I think he's going into year two of a three-year deal. Is that right? Yes. Um, and so I wouldn't expect that he's going to have a long tenure here. I like him. He's fine. Uh, but I w- but you could be, in a couple of years, looking at something like a capo Kakanen and then this kid playing goal. And if you do that, what's smart about that is you can do it on the cheap. Mm-hmm. And if they're good, who cares? Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, in a salary cap league, again, and this is why the Eichel trade sort of scares me, uh, g- given the parameters of what we're dealing with here in a salary cap league, if you can develop your picks, I, I think I'm scarred by Chuck Fletcher. Well, yeah, I think I'm, scar- <laughs> and, I mean, he's doing it again in Philadelphia and I they know. all think it's great because he's trading for these named <laughs> players and I let he gives up his first round pick. He gives up two second round picks. I mean, he gives up, and I know it's not that big a deal, a seventh round pick, but Chuck Fletcher, my God, haven't you learned anything? The two things that Chuck threw around like they were candy were draft picks and no, no move moving. and no trade clauses, <laughs> and it drives me nuts. I and look, he's gone, but I think I'm scarred by that because Dex, when when we did our all time wild draft rankings during the That's pandemic, right. when yeah. we were just desperately looking for content, and you went back and realized, like ordinarily, it's a pain because you're like, oh, I got to go through all these drafts, right? Yeah, that that took that whole project took me. Ten minutes? Yeah, not very long. I mean 15, 20 minutes. Because they basically didn't have picks. I know. And the picks they did have were often crappy. Yep. Um but I was just like, I'm just I was so glad to see Bill Garrett actually selecting players. Look, free agency's fun and like it's real sexy to add a player as a free agent and trades are fun. But when you go back and look at those Fletcher years, especially and rise also wasn't great. When you go back and look at like how little they value draft picks, it's just nuts. Sorry. End of rant. <laughs> um, all right. What else did I have? Oh, speaking of positions of need and positions of just trying to strengthen. I also look like the draft because of the six skaters that they picked X. Yep. They took four defensemen, two centers. Now, one of the centers, Josh Plar, who's from Saskato- uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Saskatoon. is listed as a center wing. But I like, but in hockey, I like taking defensemen and centers. There's unless you in the first round get a phenomenal wing because you can always move the centers to wing, right? Yep. You can't move the wings to centers, but I think that's a very very smart idea. And as far as the defensemen go, let me go through the heights too, heights and weights because that's important as well. Carson Lambos, who they took a defenseman from Winnipeg, is 6'1", 197. Jack Pert, who is a local kid or a Minnesota well, kid, Mr. Grand Rapids. Mr. Hockey winner. Mr. Hockey. Yeah, exactly. So he was their second-round pick. He's 5'11", 186, but probably still growing. Um, they took Kyle Masters in the fourth round, 6'1", 175 from Edmonton. And they took Nate Benoit, a defenseman, in the sixth round, six. Feet one sixty eight. My point is, you need. I like pursuing big defensemen. Yep, because they're never going to go out of style in their playoff players. Yeah, you need. Big I guys. like this draft. Yep. Like just as far as the heights and weights and positions.
2: Yep, you need big dudes. Passing. Need, um, no judgment on how good they're going to be. Correct. You, uh you need some big guys. So I think that was the right, right move to do as well. I, I mean, what was it? The, uh it, it's off sport, but the Angels didn't they take twenty straight pitchers in the MLB draft? Yeah, they That's took like, all pitchers. Twenty pitchers. Why not? Yep. Well, odds the- are, odds are, two of those guys are probably going to turn into something.
1: Oh yeah, which absolutely, so which absolutely builds a very interesting question about the National Football League draft, which is: should more teams just take quarterbacks? Because if you hit on one, you, mm-hmm. it's gold. If you hit on a, oh my God, we got a running back who's great. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. That's good. That's real good. You're going to have to pay him. Quarterback who's good? It's gold. Yep. Final thoughts before we
2: uh, before we wrap up this Judd's Hockey Show. I, and I I think we're excited. nearing. Nearing a Jack Eichel move. That's that's all. And then that's you might be right, man. I'm not reporting that. That is that I think we're getting awfully close to his trade destination happening within within the next thirty six hours or so. So I, what I really are the prospects
1: so. right now? Minnesota. I think the Rangers are still Rangers, involved. Rangers. Kings. Um, Ducks. Are the Kings still involved?
2: Because they were out for a while. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think the Kings and Ducks could be in there. Okay, because the Ducks. Um,
1: well, the Ducks basically said that they weren't going to trade them Zegras or. Or Drysdale, right? Their top two prospects, who, by the way, I probably wouldn't trade, Mm-mm. and I think that ended the Ducks' chances. But they always could come back in and say we've changed our mind.
2: Yeah, I think those are the those are the primary teams. I think it would make a lot of sense for uh, for for all those teams to be in. So I'm I'm excited. It's free agency. You know that this NHL offseason has been maybe the most fun NHL offseason we've had since, ironically enough, Brees and Suter signed here. Um, and I'm excited to see what happens. And, and we will react. We will be reacting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: tell tell the people about tomorrow. So if something happens, which we expect it will, we will go live. Free agency starts at 11 a.m. Central Time. Yep. And so if, if we have, because I have to go out eventually to the first day of Vikings training camp, very exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'm expecting something will happen, and when the trigger is pulled, we will react to what the Wild has done.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're kings of content here. So the moment the... The moment the Wild make a signing, we will be able to most likely react to it right right away. Up until that first few hours, like I said, Judd is a is a madman possessed. Judd sleeps maybe four hours a day and works the other uh, you know 20, 20, 21, I a lot of 20 hours a day. I took a lot. Of um. So so yes, we'll be we'll be here for you. Or if Jack Eichel goes yeah, down, don't worry, we will be here. It's, uh, it, it won't be what? like the draft. And folks. maybe just just in general, bring your microphone to to TCO if you have to. And I don't care if that means you have to get Zimmer on or Kirk on to talk hockey with us or, or whatever it is. I, you know, I don't know if Clint Kubiak wants to talk some hockey but just uh, maybe oh, I'm maybe sure the if I
1: ran into the middle of the field. All right, we are uh, done but we're not done until you say this. Ah, shoot score. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup.